On this episode of Remodeling Unscripted, we discuss why it is a good practice to pay for an estimate or is it? So we kind of break down on complicated and large projects. It's a good practice to pay for an estimate. We give you the whys, we give you the hows, um, and I actually go into a story of an estimate that I did today and how that scenario kind of played out. So I uh, hope you get some good value out of it and we hope you enjoy it. Welcome back to Remodeling Unscripted. My name's Frank Luhan. And I'm Inez Luhan, and we are with Canopy Unlimited Remodeling and Design. And today we're going to talk about what are the benefits of a feasibility report and what exactly is a feasibility report. And today was actually a good example um, we could use today's appointment as an example of what exactly that is and how it can benefit a client. And basically what she just said is why you should pay for an estimate. Why you should pay, yeah, I mean... Yes, pretty so, much. So, which is which is what we would call a feasibility report slash design uh, report. And so, I'll tell you my story. Okay. I went to an estimate today. Was referred by a friend of ours, the homeowner. Uh, she she's going to be purchasing a house that's going to serve both as her office for her her business and her home. And she wanted to completely redesign the house to fit that need. Uh, so she went on her website, she filled out a form, uh, booked an appointment for today, and um, I, I broke my own cardinal rule, which was to not give her a call beforehand, but kind of figured... In all fairness, it was pretty quick and just kind of yeah, came. It, yeah, it, it, was, it was a quick booking. It, she was referred to uh, by a friend and... She went on her website, so I figured, you know, and, and actually she filled out enough information for me to be comfortable in knowing what it was that I was going to okay. walk into. Fair enough. I, uh, I looked up the property. I saw that it was on the market, so I did have an idea of what, the, there was photos, so okay. I did have an idea of what the house looked like. And um, when I got there, it, it, it's a nice house, nice layout, definitely. Uh, it, had, it has potential. has potential. Uh, so... The very first thing uh, after. So tell I, me what happened when you when you met um, when you met the homeowner at the at the house. At the house. So, uh, she said, "I have a budget. Okay. I I want to start as soon as possible, and I uh, I have inspirational photos on Pinterest, and she did have a lot of good okay, so good photos. Perfect so, start. Yeah. Perfect start. Okay. So in in my mind, I, and I even told her, I said something to the effect of. It's awesome that you have all this. It's not that common that homeowners are, are this prepared when they're going into uh, an estimate. So that was, I had, you know, very good feedback from her. And so we, we went to the front of the house. It is basically foyer, living room to the right, dining room to the left, and then a door from the dining room into her kitchen. And her, I, I asked her to just break down needs and wants. Okay. And is she expecting a um an just a general estimate or a detailed estimate? Well, I I we always go into it 
with, with a, a detail, detail with okay. a detailed estimate. I'd never, I'm, I'm not going to be ambiguous and just give, you know, you know, non, uh, accurate numbers. So in my mind, mm-hmm. I, I had my iPad, I started taking some photos, taking down notes. I had okay. my, my laser, good. um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm shooting, you know, my measurements and what, so at about 10 or 15 minutes into the estimate, I kind of stopped taking notes and just I, I started to just absorb what she was saying. Okay. Uh, at the beginning, she wanted she wants to move a restroom. She wants to add a a half bath towards the front of the house to where the clients that come in to uh, to visit her for her business uh, don't walk towards the back of the house. Okay. Which is so very, it's moving mechanicals and it's a little bit more complicated. Right. Than, so okay. v- very. Very easy. She had actually she had plumbing uh, layout, so I knew. Oh, she did. Yeah, oh, so perfect. I knew where the the drain lines were going. So I said, okay, perfect. You know, have to move it. So through. you have enough information to kind of take a good guess on ballpark. Right. Okay. So in my head, I'm I'm taking on notes, and I'm kind of just in my head. I'm I'm taking general numbers. Right. Uh, then we start walking into her kitchen, and open concept. Uh, Further into the house, at past her kitchen, breakfast area, she wanted to remove a, a guest bathroom. And then further behind that, there was a, a garage that was converted into a game room. Wanted to convert that into a uh, bedroom. And then master bedroom, uh, remodel, master bedroom. So it's basically remodel. the entire house. It is the entire house. Okay. Yeah. okay. So the, it's an entire home and remodel. And how big was the house? About, about 3,200 square feet. Okay, so nice size. Yeah, so uh, she wanted to replace, she wants to replace some floor-to-ceiling windows with accordion style uh, doors. Did she have details on like what kind and what brand? No. No, just a general idea. This is the look that she wants to go for. Okay. So after about, I mean, we, we spent a good amount of time walking the house. I would say 45 minutes, 30 minutes, 45 minutes of walking the entire house, about halfway through I, I kind of just stopped taking notes and I just started to absorb everything okay. as far as just what listening. she was looking for because at that point I needed to analyze um, which is another thing she had mentioned she she may consider splitting the project in two okay uh, her needs as phase one and her wants as phase, as phase two. two so did that confuse you a little bit on how to approach this estimate? No, but I had to pay attention more than just taking notes. And okay. so my, it had to make sense. Yeah, my goal was to listen to her as we walked the house, then go back and start taking notes okay. depending on how complicated right. you okay. know, her, her wish list was. So I walked the house and I stopped taking notes and I start just taking in what she was describing. And, um, and then we started reviewing her inspirational photos okay. and very uh, detailed, very uh, confident in what she wanted. She was her color I mean, she, palette. She yeah. was mentioning that, like she was telling you the, 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 the yeah. details. In the inspirational photo okay. she had. Like, this is what I like about this. and that. Okay. Right. So she had her uh, picture of a living room, kitchen, you know, color palettes. Um, was it all doable? I mean, was did it yeah. fit the did it fit the the layout of the home? Like it yeah, was possible. It, uh, the photos that she had matched almost exactly the layout okay. of each of the of the okay. pertaining rooms. Um, her her budget 
was uh, severely under what we can do it for. Did you tell her that? Yes, I did. Okay. And what was her reaction to that? She she accepted it. She she was she disappointed or surprised? Um, she was a little surprised at okay. at at how much I had told her the total cost okay. would be. And then that's where this episode kind of starts taking shape, right? So I told her um, that we used to provide estimates just like this, where we would take two, three hours, jot everything down in as much detail as possible. Mm-hmm. We would go out, you and I, right? We would right. go out, you would, uh, you would measure, I would measure, you would take down notes, and we would kind of talk with the homeowner. And then, I mean, we would come back to the office and start detailing everything out room by room. I mean, with laser point, with laser uh, measures, it's very easy to, to calculate baseboards, trim, mm-hmm. count door counts. Well, let um, me ask you this. Do you feel like she should have reached out to a designer or she was like, she was doing a good job on, on her own? No, I think, uh, I think somebody like her, she knew exactly what she wanted. Okay. I think that she would be able to make very quick decisions. Um, she is, she does do designing, uh, on, on her own in another field. Okay, okay. So she has that eye for, for detail. She knows and what she wants. So she knows what she wants. And just based on what we were talking about. Which kind of makes it a little bit more, less forgiving when you are giving that estimate. If she is expressing right. to you on the front end, like, I'm not really open. This is what I want. And she's communicating that with you. Exactly. So, okay. so when you, when you have a homeowner or a client that, knows what they want i think that's even you have to walk on eggshells even more because it's not just they're communicating yeah, with you you're not going from you know ugly or outdated to beautiful you're going from whatever it is to i know exactly what i want and you have to try to hit that Got spot it. as closely as possible and we used to give estimates we so we would take two three days jot everything down as closely as possible but in all reality, um, those were just speculations, right? Right. So, or our understanding of what we're, what we hear, and what the client wants. Right. And I would say, a how good, how would that go in the past? Would that I mean, would you land those jobs? Um, Sometimes you know, we, we had we had a, we have a good closing rate. You know, right. I think people that hire us they. They go with us because, you know, of our reputation, you know, what we're capable of, the fact that we can, you know, we're kind of a one-stop shop. But I don't like to gauge our success based on our success. It's more so on, on our failures. How can we improve? Right. Um, and there were some, which for me and you and the team, it, it's enough to not be happy with that process. Right. Where we would... Again, or how to improve the process. Exactly. We would speculate, and what to further, I guess, get in detail as far as speculation. It's you know we would speculate on the type of fixture, and then if they would pick something else out, the plumber, our plumber, would now charge a little bit more because that particular fixture that they purchased because it wasn't pre-detailed during that one or two day mm-hmm. turnaround of our estimate. We didn't, you know, we wouldn't ask that much of a detail. The homeowner wouldn't know. And just charge, a lot of guessing, right? It's just a lot of guessing from. And what we would do is we would absorb that cost. We kind of pride ourselves in not change and cha- not giving change orders. 
So uh, what a change order is, is basically you know, changing the scope of work, therefore changing the price. And, you know, we're the professionals. We know what we're doing. We believe that if you give a price, that that's what you it should be. It. You kind of stick to it. I don't like to go back and say, well, you know what? I gave you this estimate. But now that's going to change because right. you changed a fixture. Yeah. I gave you this estimate. It was X amount of dollars to install. And now because you changed the type of fixture, we're going to have to charge you $300 more because it's a lot more complicated. There's more you know, valves that need to be installed and the positioning of the plumbing and this, this and that. And that's just one detail, one aspect of an entire remodel. And you multiply that times, you know, just different aspects of, of the, uh, of the project. And now you're, you know, the homeowner who hired you because you, they were comfortable with, with your price and quality. Now that's ballooned and we right. don't like to do that. So what we would do is absorb that cost and, but that did, did come out of price, unfortunately, right? So right. the cost would be added pressure, sometimes that added pressure. And sometimes it would affect timelines. Right, so that added pressure would be having to reallocate our resources to one aspect of the project, maybe not do it in as good of an order as we could in order to now... Backtrack a yeah, little not, bit. Yeah, not have to have it affect timelines. and So it would just compound. It's complicated, right. Yeah. So, so it would just compound. So... Over the course of you know almost ten plus years of doing this, we finally made a, a change in our process, where on larger scale jobs, and we're talking multifaceted projects, projects that it's not just one room or even two rooms, where you know, uh, and price really honestly doesn't have a lot to do with it. It's it's more so how complicated the project is. The more trades, the more design, the more structural changes there 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 is, the more we you need attention yeah. to pay to those te- details so that you can provide it, uh, an accurate estimate. Right, and it's not even an estimate at that point. It's a it's a price. It's right? a price. Right. So we created a, what we call is a feasibility and design report, where we bring out trades electricians, plumbers, engineers, and you actually hire us to give you something tangible where you're detailing every aspect of the project so that now you're, you know exactly what you're going to be getting. It's not a speculation anymore at that point. It's an actual price based on in-depth conversations uh, about every detail of, of the project. Um, one thing she asked was, "Are we? In, uh, is is there any drawings? Is there any renderings?" Absolutely. So everything is detailed. You you have renderings of the bathrooms. You have renderings of the kitchen. Everything down for, to the type of trim that we're going to be using, the the type of uh, kitchen design, kitchen layout, doors, what kind of hardware. Uh, everything is detailed with SKU numbers, brand, um, where they're going to be purchased from, quantities. Uh, everything is detailed 100% so that the homeowner has an accurate budget. And that may turn a homeowner off, but at the minimum, I think that it's important that a homeowner knows exactly what they're going to get into as accurate as possible versus... And this is beneficial for something of the, um, of this a project this size when it's a complete uh, do-over. Right. She did mention there were two other contractors that came in 
one actually suggested that she hired a designer first. Okay. And the other one said that they're, I guess they're similar to us where they do design as well. And, but he was going to provide an estimate and she was waiting on, on the, uh, on the estimate back. So I don't know this company. I don't know this person, but I can tell you this with all honesty and all sincerity, that is going to be 100% speculative. And I would not doubt that it's going to either a not come out how she wants it to be because of cost constraints Mm -hmm. or it's not going to be with the kind of quality that she's going to be expecting or that what what I think she she would be expecting Mm -hmm. because there is just no way that somebody in I mean I got there uh at 12 30 uh I'm sorry 11 30 so if somebody was there in the morning they could not have taken more if they got there at eight. All right. So just if they got there at eight in the morning and they stood there for four hours, there's no way that you can in four hours provide uh, get enough information to then provide nothing more than a speculative price on a project that is of that size. Did you tell her that at this point? Um, I I didn't I didn't tell her. You know, this guy's gonna just. Right, right, right. You know, I, okay. I, I said, okay, well, you know, I, I, I told her what, what we do. What we can offer. I said, and, and these aren't real numbers, but I said, just as an example, I said, if, if your project is $100,000 and we charge a fee and we charge, and it's, it's, it's going to be a couple thousand dollars mm-hmm. because you're, we're gonna, it's going to be several people more likely than not two or three weeks of work. So it's, you're actually hiring a good portion of, of, of our time so we can have actual detail, right? Actual work. And you're going to get something tangible. If a project is a hundred thousand dollars and let's say our fee for this project is $5,000 what is better that you go into a $100,000 project having spent $5,000, now you have $95,000 to work with, which we would absorb that cost and we would use that as a deposit to begin work or so as part of the deposit. So there's you, you can't lose if you hire us in that right. way. All we're doing is transferring the time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's instead of doing it in the middle of the project or during the project, you're doing it at the beginning. And instead of guessing on what you want, you're getting exactly... You know, and what, the report is, is, is theirs to keep and use. Yes, exactly. So they don't have to hire us if they don't want it for whatever reason. They don't like our process or just they just don't like us. Right. Then they can use that report now and hire another company or have an, act, an actual budget. So you can have a budget of $100,000, have spent $5,000 on this feasibility report, and now you have an accurate $95,000 budget on exactly what you're going to get. Or you can have a contractor spend a couple of hours, give you a number that they want, $80,000, $90,000, and then just change order you to death uh, every time that they come up with an, uh, an obstacle or something that was unforeseen because they just didn't have that time to allocate on the front of the project. And it's funny because 
on HGTV. I see these. I see these. Uh, these shows where, and it happens on every single. I don't know if they do it for dramatic effect or not, but I. It can't possibly be real. Where they, they they call the homeowner. Uh, yeah, so and so, Mr. Homeowner, we found out that the drain line runs down this wall that we knew we were going to demo at the beginning of the show, and it's going to be an extra five thousand dollars to remove it. But you know, um, it's something that has to get done. Oh, okay. Well, go ahead and go ahead and uh, we'll spend those extra five thousand dollars and and uh, and go ahead and take out that drain line. Well, I mean that for That's five thousand dollars. Yeah, that there's there's no way that I as a professional would be I just couldn't make that phone call I what do you think I mean I mean I think things do happen and there's certain things that you can't foresee um but I don't really think it's something like that I think it's more like that yeah that's an example right it's an example what's another example of what would what would um how you can avoid a a change order well, it, it all has to do with time. If, if you allocate the right amount of time, then you can do things. A good example is just some exploratory demolition. Uh, if Just a, an example for this house, for, for example. We're going to be doing some reframing of some walls, and I can't go into the attic. I don't have proper plans mm-hmm. of the structural. There are some spaces in the attic that I can't access, with just um, a couple of holes in the drywall, I can tell which way the joists are running. Therefore, I can I can tell whether a wall is load-bearing or not. And just by allocating a little bit of that kind of time prior to giving uh, a price, that will eliminate a change order in itself. So we're, all we're talking about is reallocating your time uh, to explore the home properly towards the front and it, instead of doing it during during the project where it's going to cost you some unexpected money basically right. and i can say that we have had cases where um we have been presented with a scope of work or feasibility report and we've been asked to estimate um estimate on that and and those have gone really well as well because everything is spelled out yeah so on projects like this and you know more even even where there are things that we know i she did the homeowner did want to change outdoors well one of the features that she wanted was floor to ceiling pocket doors okay when you have regular sized doors you have headers so the reframing of those headers to get recessed into the attic basically just have flush headers up into the attic for every single door needs to get explored mm-hmm. um it's not something can... that's complicated just has to get explored just in case there might be plumbing that runs above that header there might be you know air conditioning vents that run over that header and that would be a change order technically if i charge to reframe every single header and on two out or three out of the 15 20 doors that are going to get you know or 
I guess she didn't want pocket doors in 10 or 15, but let's just say if she could, two, if she two, two out of the four that she wanted, there was plumbing or some kind of mechanical running above the header that I was going to reframe. Or restriction. Right. Well, then now either she wouldn't be able to get that floor to ceiling pocket hole, uh, pocket door, or there would be an additional cost because there wasn't, I wasn't able to do some explore, exploratory demo to see what was above that header. So those are just some of the things and paying for a feasibility report ahead of time is far more affordable than paying for the change order after the fact. Yeah. And I think once you explain it that way, you, you see the benefits of what a feasibility report can offer a client going into a project of this size. I mean, um, I, I wish I can go back to homeowners that didn't go with us because mm-hmm. either we offered this service or we weren't uh, as cost, I guess. Without giving this explanation of the benefit of it, I know that I, I have um, done a follow-up call and see how um, on jobs that we did not um, get awarded and see how that went. And one of the common things that the client tells me is that it ended up being what you said it was going to be. And then right. now looking in hindsight, I wish I would have gone with you. Yeah. And it ended up costing the same or more, but not the kind of quality or the customer service that we can provide. Right. And that kind of boils down, um, our, our process and, and our thought process on, on why, you should pay for an estimate. If there's a company that can provide you with this kind of upfront information at a cost, it is it is very much worth it because at the end of the day, if somebody's going to give you a price on a product that is not spelled out without knowing exactly what they're going to get into because it's not new build, it's going to far exceed the cost of that report, design consultation, and, and so forth. It's just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. Um, there are some, there are a lot of projects that are large scale projects that don't need a feasibility report. Um, a kitchen, for example, a kitchen can be 50 to a hundred thousand dollars, depending on the size and how complicated it is. However, because you're working in a single room, there aren't that many components to it. If you're not doing so much structural changes, I mean, for the most part, it's cabinets, countertops, backsplash, flooring, maybe lighting. You know, it, it's it's the, the 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 I guess the complexity of it in terms of trades is is limited. You can boil down those you know ten to fifteen different line items very specifically and give a price to that, and and we do still do that, right? Right. Bathrooms are another. Uh, remodeling uh, room that we can do we can provide you with a very detailed estimate there although there are many trades it's limited to the to the scope of work unless again it's it's structural um, and the amount of the fee also varies to how complicated and how detailed the report is going to be sometimes it's worth paying a hundred or two hundred dollars to know how much a ten thousand dollar job is going to be. 
you know, those are the questions and how much information you're going to get that you, you know, may want to ask your contract to say, if, if you're going to spend this amount of money, how much is it worth getting a very detailed, tangible report on the front end versus at the end of the day, every, you know, we're salesmen. And you have your salesmen that are going to come in and try to just close that job. And then you have your salesmen who are not just the salesman, but they're the carpenter and they're the business owner. And that's what we are. You know, we, I am the salesman. I am the carpenter. I am the accountant. I am the customer service agent. And all that accountability falls on me. If you have somebody that's going to come in there and just try to sell, sell you the job, they might not see the repercussions of what underbidding might cost because uh, their company policy might just be, well, that wasn't detailed on the estimate. That's a change order. And they may have a right to do that, but that's kind of their fault for not really detailing and explaining that although I am giving you a fixed price, I'm not even giving you a price on the things that I can't see. And that'll come later on in the day where in your mind you may say, well, this is the cost for the entire project. Um, and then that's what I'm expecting to pay. Maybe 5%, maybe 10% more because I do. Or less. I mean, there are cases where it's not, you know, it could, you can use the example of you, you might think you need a power beam. Um, and then after you do some exploratory, um, demo, you'll notice that you don't, you, you don't need it. And so instead of paying for something you're not getting that, you know, you can just reallocate those funds to something, to something else. To something else. Yeah, exactly. So, um, there are times that you know, we've changed our policy. We believe it's for the better. It's for the better for the homeowner. The homeowner ends up getting a closer product to what they picture prior to committing to the project we get a better understanding on what it is that they want down to every last detail that we can possibly anticipate um and then there are those times where you know we could just give you a straight a, a straight estimate but um that's kind of our two cents on why you should pay for an estimate it is good policy um and on complicated projects where there are a lot of different fixtures a lot of different finishes structural mechanicals some design some and and design features as well and when you have a fixed budget what can i really get you know um and or how to spend it right where where can you know the different phases things things like that so um yeah that's i think it's good stuff i think this is good information for clients to know and how to how to approach these things and um yeah so and and don't be i i hope that a homeowner you know that that has a complicated project or has a a big project that's coming up um can use this information and don't get intimidated when somebody says yeah we we you know we may come out and give a free consultation but if you want an actual price you know we do charge for that estimate you know they might they may call it something different but you know just based on our experience, we think that that's a good uh, a, a good route to go to get a, a detailed price. You know, you have to get something back for that. You know, you're going to get a detailed report. You should get a detailed report, something that's um, shoppable to other contractors if you want to, and it's yours to keep. But other than, and we keep going back to the words speculating, um, if you don't spend the time necessary, and sometimes that's, you know, bringing in trades, um, that sometimes that's 
just spending time exploring the home more than one, two, three hours, more than just one visit, um, we we think that it's it's worth it. We think that it's it's fair to um, to 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 charge and and it's smart for you to pay for a reputable company to to be able to give you that that price. So yeah, totally um, can see the value in that. Yeah. So um, that's about it for today. Um, we wanted to just give you a, a quick, short uh, kind of breakdown on why we think it's uh, a good practice for you to pay for estimates. Um, you can uh, follow us. You can follow our, our adventures on Facebook and Instagram at Canopy Unlimited. Uh, I also have a, uh, a, a profile on, uh, on Instagram. It's at Frank underscore builds. And you can find me on Facebook, Frank builds. Um, and I kind of go a little bit behind the scenes and, and you can find me, um, Inez underscore builds on Instagram as well. Yeah. So, um, that's about it. That's about it. Well, thank you for listening and we can't wait till next week. Awesome. Thank you again. Bye. Bye.